weekend away. It's actually the start weekend of the World Cup in rugby as well. On the Friday night, uh, Munster, not Munster, that's another thing, um, the All Blacks will be playing France. That's a big game on the Friday night. Uh, I said to Ronan, I don't think we're going to put that into the schedule. He wasn't impressed. We'll have to figure out what to do about that. Uh, had a nice chat during the week with Mike. So Mike Lombard. So I was on the phone to him. You'll like him. He's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. We, uh, we laughed a lot on that phone call. Um, he also said, if any of you can make it this weekend to Cape Town for the Munster Stormers match, <laughs> you'll need to. Um, and maybe even put you up. Um, uh, also, I was saying to um, Marie outside that um, Munster play this weekend. And if you want to come to the church to watch it, we're going to watch it here. Louisa from Ukraine is a big Munster supporter. So if you want to meet with some believers, uh, or you bring anyone, you know, um, and watch the match together, um, you will be very welcome and we'll enjoy fellowship together. I think five o'clock. I think five o'clock. But I'll tell you what you do. Uh, tell me, and I'll put a WhatsApp group, just in case we change the plans. So if you're planning to come, tell me, and I'll, I'll look that Facebook. Okay, so we're doing something slightly different this morning. We're doing a, a topical sermon. Normally what we do is we work through a, a book of the Bible, and we were working through the book of Haggai. And I came to the end of the book of Haggai, and now it's summer, and there's a, a bit of mitching and matching, or whatever we would say, mitching and matching, mixing and matching. And I, I thought, well, I want to do some different sermons. And, and part of what I've been thinking a lot about recently is to do with my dad. You see, my dad's 91 years old. I go down to see him from a Thursday night to a Saturday every third weekend. And I watch him. He's 91 years old. He's in a wheelchair. He has a catheter. Uh, he needs someone to put him down at night and get him up in the morning. And yet, he is one of the most content people I know. And I look at him, and I think to myself, having just turned 50 and going through a bit of a crisis about that, I think to myself, if I lived to his age, or if I was in his condition, could I be like him? Could I have that contentment? And a lot of his contentment comes out of his rich Christian faith. He loves Jesus. He's confident in the goodness of God, and he is very thankful. Now, I am aware that mental health issues are real issues. It's an illness like any other illness, the brain under stress or genetically, um, and I have it myself, can, can cause us anxiety and depression. And I'm not wanting to stand up here this morning and say, just be thankful and, and all your problems will disappear or you'll never struggle with sorrow. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there are certain ways of thinking that God has outlined for us in his word that can help us and help our mood, whatever situation we're going through. And one of those is thanksgiving. And when I come back from, so I have sabbatical in June, and then on holidays in July, when I come back at the end of July, I want to talk about praise, which is another one. 
and maturity, which is what we're looking at tonight. Brokenness, what we'll look at the next week in CrossGen. Thanksgiving. I, I met a girl in University of Limerick Christian Union when I first was here. Her name was Brenda. Brenda has spoken at some events that we ran in the church. She's a psychologist in the University of Maynooth. And when I first met Brenda, I went up to her and I said to her, Brenda, you know, what are you studying? And Brenda told me that she was doing a PhD in gratitude. A PhD on the positive mental health effects of being thankful. I don't know about you, but that struck me as a really worthwhile PhD. So I texted her a few weeks ago and I said, Brenda, could you kind of give me some summary of what you learned when you were doing this PhD on the mental health effects of being thankful? This is what she said. Thankfulness increases positive emotions, life satisfaction. It reduces stress, depression, and anxiety levels. She talked about this. She says it has a protection effect. And what she means is that as you develop a, ha a, a habit of being thankful, it actually strengthens you for trauma that might later come in your life. She says, positively and consciously practicing gratitude changes our brain activity and even improves our physical health. She says, pausing to say thank you strengthens your neural pathways and makes it easier to see the good in life. She says it helps the quality and duration of your sleep. But she said this, in order for thanksgiving to have its best effect, it has to not only be felt, but expressed. We'll see this when we come to praise after uh, my break that it has to be expressed. So she says, if you're thankful for something or you're thankful to someone, say it. It sort of completes it. And I was thinking about that, and then I thought to myself, maybe one of the, the kindest of all God's commands is what we read here this morning. God commands us to give thanks, for he is good, his love endures forever. It's funny, you know, just talking about these issues on psychology. Um, in our small group with Victoria, she goes to the evening service, though she was here last week in the Sunday morning service, and she's doing studies in psychology. And one of the things she said was that the Bible is, or, sorry, psychology is always catching up with the wisdom of the Bible. You know, this is what we're told in Scripture. Even think of the relationship with anxiety and thankfulness. You know, Philippians, where the Apostle Paul says, present all your requests with thanksgiving. You're not to be anxious. You know, there's that link that somehow the brain finds it hard to hold thanksgiving and anxiety at the same time. And so one of the ways we deal with our anxiety is to, to positively have an attitude of thanksgiving. It's a beautiful discipline that we're supposed to do, but it's more than a beautiful discipline. I would say that thanksgiving is actually an act of spiritual warfare. You go back to Genesis chapter 3. 
Adam and Eve. And they're being tempted. And they're being tempted by the devil to think that God is not good. Did God really say, and, and does he really want, and he knows that if you do this. So the whole idea is against this psalm. The temptation is that God is somehow not good. He's not worthy of our thanks. He's not worthy of our gratitude. He's not on our side. And it's not true. And, and having an attitude of thanksgiving, of gratitude towards God, is a positive affirmation that I am going to assert the fact that God is good. I'm going to strengthen my belief in the goodness of God by thanking him and developing a thanks or a, an attitude, a heart of gratitude. It's an act of spiritual warfare. It's a claim that God is good. And maybe you look and you'd say, well, I don't have much to be thankful for in my life. Or I don't feel like being thankful. Don't let your feelings dictate your thankfulness. But look and see that there are many things that we're to be thankful for God for. And as you practice gratitude, your feelings will actually follow. I was talking to Wynne about this a, a few weeks ago, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Wynne, but Wynne and myself both struggle with a bit of depression. And we also both struggle with times where we think hard thoughts about God and doubt his goodness. And I said, I wonder, Wynne, does our thoughts about God, are our thoughts about God dictated by our mood or the other way around? You know, do the dark feelings come first and cause us to gravitate towards dark thoughts? Or is it the other worry around? Do the thoughts come which gravitate towards a low mood? And we concluded that it's both. You know, what you think will affect how you feel. But there is also a sense in how you feel may affect how you think. Now I'm looking down at Elijah and thinking, really, this, you should be doing this sermon, not me. And so when you feel like there's nothing to be thankful for, positively look for reasons to be thankful and you will see that there are many. Be thankful to God for he is good. Uh, you know, God's goodness, like in some ways the existence or non-existence of a God, you know, is one thing, but whether he's good or not is another thing. You know, you look back to the Roman times, and the gods were not good. They were vengeful and petty gods. And, and I don't want to say anything offensive here, but someone said that, I think it was a, a guy, Nabil Qureshi, he said that what put him off his Muslim faith was that he looked at the person of Muhammad, and he didn't see the same goodness that he saw when he looked at the person of Jesus. God is good. Praise him. We're blessed that the one true living God of this universe, the only God, is a good God. Isn't that wonderful? That he is good. And so make a habit of reminding yourself of his goodness. 
Betsy O'Donoghue is a friend of mine. She's a Christian counselor. And one of the things that she tries to do is in order for us to change the way we view the world into a more scripturally centered way of thinking is to do an A to Z. And so what you do is you begin to thank God for things beginning to A and you work to Z. Now, we're fortunate because we have a daughter called Anya, so that sort of gets us started, but you can start on apples, whatever. My, my suspicion is that a lots of people will be giving thanks for Yeshaya because Y can be a little bit hard. But Zora, well, Zora, we're very blessed to have Zora. Lots of people will be thanking God for Zora. And, and we were doing this exercise, and we might, if we have time, do it at, um, at the end of my talk. But we worked in small group in Castle Troy through A to Z going around the room. And I was quite sneaky because as it was coming, we were getting through the alphabet and I thought, who's got Z? No, X. Who's got X? And it was Sarah Coos. And she thanked God because Julian loves his xylophone. <laughs> and she didn't even think X was hard. If you find A to Z is difficult to do, take a number, 1 to 10, 1 to 20, 1 to 30, 1 to 100, and through the day, start thinking of things that you can be thankful for. And because his love endures forever, he is good, his love endures forever. One of my struggles in, in my attitude towards life is I often question the goodness of God. Martin Luther, the great reformer, he used to struggle with depression. And during his depression, there was always the same two questions. Is God good? Is God good to me? And thanksgiving is a way of affirming God's goodness. The, um, and oh, and you're one of the people, the Gideons went to Villiers uh, School. And, and one of the kids started reading their Bible. John, you were there as well, I think. And, and one of the kids started reading the New Testament, and he looked at Caroline, having read some of the Gospels, and said to her, Jesus is sick. Now, what I didn't realize is sick is a compliment. It means something like awesome. You know, it's like fat, apparently, is also a compliment, but I'd rather you didn't call me it. But apparently, uh, Jesus is sick meant Jesus is awesome. And so he was reading the pages of the New Testament and he was seeing, this is a good God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. And there's only one thing that I would add to what Betsy says in her A to Zs. I think that when you do your A to Z or your 1 to 25 or your 1 to 50 of things to thank God for, I think maybe you need a special time for the cross. You know, because when we think about everything, we in particular think about the cross. His love endures forever. Well, how do we know his love endures forever? Look at Jesus on the cross. You, you know, June was saying at the start of the talk something that many of us struggle with. You know, why would he die for me? The cross, though, says that he didn't come to die for good people because he wouldn't have had to go on the cross. He came to die for broken, for sinful, for selfish people like you and me. Thank God for the cross. And so I would say, work through your A to Z, but spend a special time just thanking God for the cross. You know, maybe one of the things you look around this room and you go, well, you know, but, but my life, 
I don't have as much to thank God for as somebody else. None of us deserve anything. None of us deserve anything. We're so busy comparing our lives with each other as if I would be thankful if. None of us deserve anything. Every breath is a gift of God. And God, in his immense kindness, he shows love both to those who acknowledge him and those who don't. Remember the command where we're told to love our enemies. What's the logic behind that command? Because God sends the rain, which Mary Ann is it, enjoys, and Marie enjoys, and the sun, which we want, and both the righteous and the evil. He's a good God who gives undeserving people like all of us good gifts. And so all of us have reason to be thankful. Maybe jealousy is what robs us of thankfulness because we spend our time thinking of what we don't have rather than seeing what we do have. And is God good? Of course, look at the cross. How can you deny it? As Nick says to Caroline, Jesus is sick. He's brilliant. He's awesome. We have lots of reasons to, to thank God. Give thanks to God for his love endures forever. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him that he loves people more than we love people. He's a loving God. Thank him that he is merciful. We have done nothing to deserve his love. Thank him that he is merciful. Thank him that he provides for all people. Psalm 145, he is good to all that he has made. Even people who don't recognize him, who refuse to acknowledge him, he is good to all his made. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And most importantly, thank God for the cross where we see love like the world has never seen love before. James in his epistle, the half-brother of Jesus says, every good and perfect gift comes from God, from above. Thank God for everything in your life that's good. Paul, he says, or no, sorry, the Psalms tell us to thank God for answered prayer. And I was thinking about that. You know, our God who answers prayer, sometimes not the way we want, but sometimes much better than we ever imagined. You know, a couple of years ago, Caroline applied for a job. And we were all praying for her to get it. And she didn't. And we were disappointed. And now she has a job she loves a hundred times more that she would never have gone for had she not first been rejected for the first time. Trust God. And thank him because he knows better than we do. And then, <laughs> I love this one. Thank God for his people. The Apostle Paul always starts his letters thanking God for people, even difficult people like the people in the church at Corinth. He says, I thank God for you. And one book I was reading said, you know, the, the, the difficulties we have in our relationships should be something that we see a reason to be thankful for because that's what causes us to grow. As we work and love when it's not easy. Finally, why should we thank God? Well, I've given you a whole load of reasons why we should be thankful. 
Brenda gave all those reasons. If you want, let me know and I'll, I'll forward you her text to me. I've already done it to a lot of people and they've found it really helpful to think about what Brenda has said. But, but does it not seem a little bit selfish, me-centered, to be using gratitude as a way of improving my mood? I say, no, not really. Because isn't our God a God who loves to give good gifts to his people? Isn't our God a God who takes glory and displays his goodness in his people being thankful to him? Isn't this, in some ways, one of the kindest commands that God could ever give to us, that we thank him? Not because he needs anything from us, as we'll see when it comes to prayer and praise, but because he is good and his love endures forever. And it is right to thank him because it puts the right order in the universe that we acknowledge that he is the good giver. So let's do A to Z. Close your eyes and we're going to pray. Now, those of you who want to get home for your Sunday lunch will have to think hard on the Zs and the Fs. But why don't we, beginning with A, start thanking God for things that he has given to us. And shout it out, don't be shy, and don't be embarrassed if you both speak at once. And don't waste. Pardon? The air. Bob, thank God for the air we breathe. Okay. Assurance. We're moving on to B. Acceptance. I'm not going to keep saying them, by the way. on to be. Mm. Move on to E. We'll take three in each.
cold. Just go for one and two if we can think of one. R. Ah. The R. Just go for one if we can. Why? I'm sad. <laughs> 